Welcome to this week's version of Between the Lanes. I'm Tom Lane. I'm here with my four sons, two biological and two son-in-laws. And we're going to just talk about men stuff today. <laughs> men stuff. So, Todd, what do you think about that? <laughs> what do I think about men stuff? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about men stuff. Man, this could get this could go all sorts of different directions is what I know. But I want to say something first. I, I don't want the ladies to tune out. Okay, so mm -hmm. when you hear men stuff... I want you to hear you can learn some things about your man. You can learn some things about a guy. Uh, and we're not only talking about stuff that that is men's stuff, but we're bringing a perspective because we're going to talk about business. We're yeah. going to talk about leadership. spiritual things and leadership, and it applies because when you say men's stuff, <laughs> it, could, it could get gross really fast. Yeah, <laughs> Let's just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it could get really stinky. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, now having said all that, um, does that help? Is that what, yeah, yeah, that's good. All right. Okay, so I want to I want to go around the the uh, room here. So uh, my oldest son Todd, then my third child, second son Tyler, favorite, yeah, favorite, favorite yes, yeah. yes, the and favorite so, third child <laughs> for sure. And then Braxton married to my oldest daughter Lisa, yeah, and Brett married to my youngest daughter Lindsay. Jan's favorite. And so I <laughs> I want to say good point that uh, I'm proud of each one of you. You you all are. Truly incredible leaders in your own right, in your homes, and in your businesses. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, uh, first of all, maybe. Uh, what, tell about, just, Tyler, let me, let me start with you. Talk about your business a minute and what you do and just anything you want to tell about yourself. Biography. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, well, we were kind of kicking around things beforehand, and I thought what may be ac applicable uh, is kind of the journey to get to what I would do now. Um, and I was relating to Todd and saying, you know, whenever I was in college, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I started out as a political science major, and after one year of that, I thought, that's not it. Um, I thought, well, I'm going to go to the business school. And one of my first classes in business school was accounting. I was like, that's also not it. Um, so I was like, what's in the business school, but not accounting. And it was marketing. And so I said, that's it. Um, skated by there. Uh, when I graduated, I still had really no idea what I wanted to do and had, um, uh, by a few circumstances of of folks coming to speak at Baylor's where I went to college, um, a couple of guys came and spoke that were with a company that manufactured roofing products. Now, if roofing products don't get you excited, <laughs> I don't know what will. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Clearly, I was immediately drawn to it. But this is what I've been looking for my whole life. Composite this is what I want to do. Exactly, composite decking, roofing, yeah. underlayments. I mean, we got it all. Um, Knew nothing about any of that, but I was like, hey, I don't know what to do, but this could be a good opportunity. Took a job, um, got married to Marcy right after she graduated. Uh, we moved out to Florida. We didn't know anybody out there. Okay, uh, hold on. I got to say one thing. Okay. When you were waiting to go to work for that company, yeah, you went through a psych evaluation. You went through a number of tests to sell roofing products. Yeah, I was not convinced that it was not a CIA-run covert op. Nor were your mom and I. <laughs> true. I still cannot confirm or deny whether it was. But it was uh, a very extensive... In fact, you had to go take this uh, test. We went to an industrial psychologist 
as part of the interview process and had to fill out like three hours worth of this test and then sat with this industrial psychologist and they asked you all about your feelings, which <laughs> well, let's <laughs> just be honest. For yeah, <laughs> shoot me now. I mean, it is like pretty painful. Men stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but somehow either I passed that test, I did get hired either way. So either I passed it or they were like, eh, this guy's terrible. Let's put him in the roofing site. Um, rather than covert missions. Um, and so anyway, had, had, uh, really enjoyed that experience learning about business, like how things are made and then how they're shipped and then sold and all kinds of stuff. Um, really interesting experience there. But then uh, I moved to Houston with that same company, and I was kind of traveling around to six different states trying to set up distribution for this company. And um, had this moment, I was in Kansas City riding with uh, a distribution sales guy to dinner, and he had picked up a call. I was in his truck, and he picked up a call, and he was talking to a contractor about this lumber package for job, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I remember sitting on the passenger side, like looking out the window going, yeah, I have, I have no interest in this, um, like long-term. Like, what am I doing with my life? I, should, I, you know, I want to do something that interests me. And so when I got back to Houston, I decided I was going to interview some, some folks who had been successful in a variety of industries and try to figure out, like, what fit for me. And so I set up some uh, just one-on-one meetings and would ask people, how did you get to do what you're doing? You know, what made you successful? What did you do different? all those things. And a product of one of those conversations led to some guys that um, handled investments. And I was like, investments sound cool. I don't know anything about them. Um, I don't have any. They sound more fun than roofing. <laughs> but they sound more fun than roofing as far as I know. Yeah, Slightly less exactly. fun than covert ops though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Less on the covert ops side. Um, so interviewed the, the guys that were involved in investing and I was kind of um, on the scale of really cool to um, some might say nerdy or, um, you know, like I, I liked to read the Wall Street Journal, um, you know, like the whole thing <laughs> and, and actually enjoyed it. Like it wasn't because I had to. Um, I was like, you know, this may be my thing. And so um, one thing led to, you know, prayed about it a lot. You know, hey, I'm doing a career change. The, the job that I had was rewarding and it wasn't high pressure. It wasn't high stress. Um, I felt like I was doing a good job at it, but it wasn't uh, fulfilling in a way that I wanted it to be. And so that's what led to the search and, and what led me to what I do now, which I think is fulfilling in an entirely different way. And w which is what? <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, definitely work with families, um, to help organize their finances. We deal with investments, but also with their estate planning. You know, if they're, a lot of times it may be a family that has a private business that they run. And then when they um, are gonna transition that business, they're either gonna transition it to other family members or they're gonna sell it. And if they sell it, a lot of times it's the first time you have a whole lot of dollars to invest rather than your net worth being tied up in the business. Um, it may be, you know, corporate executives that have big concentrated stock. There's sort of some complexity to um, the the assets that they have and helping them think through kind of the broader implications of 
not just are these dollars, but they're a resource. And how do you use those resources? So, Tyler, okay, so let me just connect the uh, long story, or not, not it was the long. total long no, story. No, you're all <laughs> awake. The Thank journey you. of your life you know, was, you, you know, you being unclear what God wanted for you. You took a step. It took you into your first job out of college. And then you have this moment of like, I don't think this is what I want to do with my life. Would would you say that it was like, like where did you see God in that moment of like career change? Did you feel yeah. like sort of that stirring in you was sort of fully just a natural thinking? Or did you see God at work in that sort of prompting a change? Which Because clearly the result was a very clear God blessing on your life since then. Yeah. Did you recognize it in the moment as a, as a God sort of pricking your heart for change? Yes, um, I would say for sure. And I, 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 prayer is a, a daily function of my life and, and um, something that kind of helps guide. And I don't think of, uh, of course, prayer as just prayer requests, like, mm-hmm. hey, God, send me more money, <laughs> which is a great one. I, I am praying that still, but... Um, <laughs> uh, I, that's, that's not the only prayer. It, it's really, you know, that time to spend time with the Lord and align my thoughts with his and like his purpose with mine. Yeah. And so even when I was first coming out of college, I mentioned, I don't, didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. Dad talking to you saying, you know, Hey, what should I be doing? Like, should I be zeroing in? Like some people already know they're going to grad school or going to law school or they always wanted to be a plumber or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, I didn't have any of those uh, things that I just knew, hey, this is what I want to do. And I remember you saying, um, you know, as you pray, think through the strengths and the gifts that you've been given and see how those align to different roles that you could take on. And it doesn't mean that you're instantly going to have the role that you want or that you think best meets your needs, but is what you're doing guiding you to a place where you can um, see that being fulfilled in one way or another? And so that was that was kind of how it it led. And then the the prayer as it went on was, you know, Lord, this is what I think it is, and uh, you know, close the door if this is not what you have. And I remember another thing that I asked you about when seeking direction. Um, you were kind of making the comment that um, God steers a moving car. And so it's not like you're sitting in an intersection going, Lord, do I go left or do I go right? I just, you know, just show me the way, you know, and there's the, yeah. mm-hmm. that's in a movie. Well, <laughs> uh, but if you're moving, you know, you may be headed to the right Jesus and then uh, all of a sudden feel that, oh, you know what? No, this is definitely not the right way. And so mm. I took that to heart and I think the Lord uh, continues to lead. Yeah. From my perspective, he was... Um, in a successful career in in the roofing product business. Mm-hmm. And I get a call one day, and he said, yeah, I've uh, turned in my resignation, and I, I'm going to work for uh, this company, financial management company. And um, I said, well, are they, are they matching what you're making? And they said, <laughs> well, said, well yeah, not, I mean, in not, the future. Yeah, <laughs> not quite. But he, he said, but they're going to pay me for 90 days while I pass these series of tests. And if I don't pass them at the end of 90 days, I don't have a job. I went, what? <laughs> so it, it was an issue of faith. 
He really believed that this is what, what he was supposed to do. So much so that he sort of shoved his chips all in. All in, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think that's, that's such a great uh, picture. I was thinking about what you said there, and I, I heard a guy say one time about we want to know what God wants to do in our life. We're like, God, show me what my destiny is. Show me my mm-hmm. future. Yeah. And in reality, God says, well, it's, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then he, he tied it in Colossians where it says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart, mm-hmm. working unto God so and not man. for man. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of that verse saying, whatever you do, and that's, it was kind of making the, the, that play. And it got me thinking about um, Legos. My, Love it. my Harrison it loved Legos. Mm-hmm. And so we played Legos all for him growing up. And what you do today is you buy the box that has the picture mm-hmm. of what the Lego, what you're going to build. And that's what people want. God, show yeah. me what it is that I'm going to do. They want the Lego they set that has recipe. the design, the exact mm-hmm. recipe. Here's yeah. what it's going to do. And I was contrasting that in my mind from the Legos that I had growing up, which were just basically a box of bricks. <laughs> no right. picture of what you were going to build, but just this. And if I, I sort of had this image of like, that's how God actually works for us, is to say, hey, I've given you all that you need. And yeah. as you begin to build, I will build with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, God knows the future. Mm-hmm. He knows, but He is—he's actually working with us with the resources He's given us, the gifts, the talents, the abilities mm-hmm. that He's put in us. And He's—he's he's saying to us, just begin to build, yep. and we will form mm-hmm. what it is I've called you to do. Mm-hmm. And two different ways of looking at it, and and sometimes it's just the responding to the saying yes to God and beginning to build what you have. And then you can look at it now, just to make a financial comparison. You were asking. So are they going to match what you're like, well, maybe 90 days. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you've done very well for yourself. And if that had been something that held you back at that time, you'd have missed a great mm-hmm. opportunity mm-hmm. that was, uh, yeah. you know, had great provision in store for your life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, I mean, for sure, wasn't primarily a financial decision, Sure, I guess is what it comes down to, to change. And I did feel like, you know, if I was successful, of course, this would provide for my family. And that's an important factor, no doubt. But it was really, hey, is this something that I want to learn more about? Is this something I want to do? Yeah. I want to dedicate effort to. Um, yeah. And will be proud if I'm, you know, knowledgeable or, you know, successful or, uh, or you know, am really helping other people as a function of what I do. Yeah. Which having roofs... <laughs> that helps roof is also very helpful. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. Got to have one. Um, I, I'm still a big one? supporter. Big supporter <laughs> big, of roofs. Big fan yeah. of roofs. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. <laughs> okay, so Braxton, uh, you enter into the story of our life, uh, marrying my oldest daughter. And um, I remember uh, in the process of this, I'd been praying for this man that my daughter's going to marry. And as a as a father of girls, you know, and of boys, but it's different with girls in that you don't get to choose yeah. who they marry and, and whether or not they're going to be. How is that different than with boys? You didn't get to choose who I married. Well, I mean, it's the, re- well, but the arranged but, marriage. Yeah. But with you boys, I thought, you know, if you act like knuckleheads, oh, I'm going to slap us around. I'm yeah, going to slap yeah, you around. You, can, but, you, you have know. some influence on them. Yeah. yeah. But, right. Yeah. yeah. So you were in a career. You had a business of your own. Yeah. And, uh, I remember um, the first time I saw you, uh, you were actually walking into a church service. I was st- standing up on the stage, you and Lisa 
together. And I'd been praying for years for mm -hmm. the man that was going to marry her. And when you walk in, I have this impression, felt like the Lord said, this is the guy I've been preparing for your daughter. So, you know, I, I, took, <laughs> I took notice of who you were. I wanted to know if you were carrying a Bible. I wanted to know if you were yeah, expressive yeah. in worship. <laughs> and uh, and then you you were all of those things. And over the years now, you've been so, so much more. Uh, with three of our grandsons, uh, you and Lisa have produced, and your businesses. So tell a little bit about yourself and anything you want to say. Well, to kind of go back, I mean, like Tyler said, I mean, I had no idea. You know, coming out of high school into college, just knew, hey, we're supposed to go to college, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. That's what you did. I had no idea what I wanted to do in college. Uh, started off with a couple different majors, just, you know, like, no, this isn't going to work. Oh, computer? Nope. That's not, that's <laughs> not going to do it. You know, so I ended up in the business, you know, field. But if you'd have told me at that time that I was going to be an entrepreneur of any kind or told me that I would own my own business or even for that matter that I would be in a horizontal directional drilling industry, <laughs> I'd have said... That sounds boring. You I'm sorry to say that again. Some, hey. You have got the wrong guy <laughs> because I had no, you know, no influence of anyone who'd owned a business, never was modeled that, nothing. But, um, you know, came out of college, got uh, worked for a couple, you know, large type corporations in, in certain ways. And kind of like Tyler, in both of them, even in the first one, I realized within probably a year, this isn't, this isn't going to be my, I could not see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So moved on to the next company. And it's kind of same thing, you know, although very thankful for the, the job and all that it taught me, but I just started learning, not in, a, not in a conceited way, was that I think I can do things, if not better, different, in positive ways than some of the people who I'm working for or some of the ways that the business were doing that. So, yeah, I started um, my first business. Uh, at the time, cell phones were becoming, a, you know, something that not just the rich had, but something that was becoming where, you know, everyone could get a, afford a cell phone, you know, that type of thing. So I entered, entered that business, had, had my own um, company that sold several different products there. Very exciting, you know, but that leading into that, I had, I didn't have, I, I wasn't engaged or had, uh, met Lisa yet. Um, I was just a single guy. So the risk wasn't that big of a deal for me. You mm -hmm. know, I wasn't, you know, didn't have mouths to feed, but my own. And so went straight into that, um, had some success, once I tasted that, that way, this is, I can do this. Mm. I can do this on my own. I really do think God just kind of took hold of me in the way that just said, he gave me the confidence seeing that I could, I could actually do it. And even though it was on a smaller scale, it always led me to be thinking, what, what's the next thing? Well, kind of a, you know, a friend of, of mine from church uh, he worked for a guy who um, did cable TV installs and stuff like that. And he had just started getting into this industry where they were putting underground utilities 
um, using these horizontal drilling machines. And again, I mean, no clue what it was. Never done a real day's construction in my life. Mm. And, uh, you know, he said, you should come check this out. I mean, this is, this thing's crazy. You know, you can guide this drill bit underground and all this kind of stuff. So I just thought it was cool. And uh, I wish there were some, you know, really rational way that I thought about <laughs> this, you know, like I did, I do remember praying about it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it wasn't this, you know, pros and cons type thing. Literally my friend's like, Hey, maybe you and me should get a machine and do this. And I said, yeah, <laughs> okay. That's good. good. Were yeah. there, were there overalls <laughs> you know? involved? Yeah. Was it the overalls? That I, I never on? wore overalls, not yeah. once, wow. but literally went from, um, a, a corporate type job to kind of selling that to a, a partner that my part portion of it. And within a week was on a job site with mud all over me, <laughs> drilling, getting, you know, the whole bit. Mm -hmm. And I had this focus. I knew that it was that it was going to be a profitable business. At that time, fiber optic had just become the new thing. You know, copper wire phones were the thing of the past, and they were putting it city to city all over the entire United States. So I knew that if I would stick with this, you know, but there were many times getting up in the morning, just being like, you know, thrown on the work boots, just, I mean, like, you know, it was surreal almost mm -hmm. like, wow, mm -hmm. this is what I do now. You know, <laughs> this is, this is what I do. Driller. And so, <laughs> you know, that led to a pretty good time frame of, of doing that business until the next thing came along. The cool thing is that the next business and then the next business were all correlated with the same industry. Yeah. I just was able to see little anomalies or things in the, you know, whether it be a product I was buying or something that I was like, hey, you know, I think I can, I think I can sell this or do a better job or it's too expensive and I think I can buy it for less. And so, yeah, God just kind of opened up those doors into what today has been been really fun ride you know mm -hmm. one yeah. of the um i know one of the companies that elon musk's elon musk owns mm -hmm. is called the boring company yeah and is it true that you mentored him <laughs> you know when he was a young boy um no <laughs> i just didn't know that would be a real cool was. thing to yeah, say i, I, heard just, that, I just wondered yeah. if that's that where he really got his cool start too to i think you know. he tweeted maybe yeah. braxton's an inspiration yeah, yeah. Right. something yeah. to that effect I, I thought well, that might be the case. one of the things both of you are saying that i i believe is when god is leading our life he moves us into situations uh for the purpose of giving us experience and and testing right. certain areas of our life and our relationship with him. And, it, you know, you can easily think, okay, I know what I'm doing, versus saying, I'm here to gain some experience. And if you apply yourself well, you can take everything that you learn and experience right. to the next place that you go. And I think that's what you, you've mm -hmm. done, yeah. Braxton. And I've, I've just been so impressed to watch you create businesses and, you know, and everything seems to me 
everything that you put your your hands to has succeeded and succeeded well, including your family. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I want to ask you about the you 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 said about you know when you were single and didn't uh, only your mouth to feed. The risk right. was low. Okay, that changed. You got married. Right. You started yeah. having kids. Talk about because and yet you still continue to develop yeah. other businesses. What changed in your thinking or or what did how did you weigh now that risk against what life circumstances you were having at that point? Yeah, I remember so past the first, you know, the the construction side, I'd been doing that for a good eight to ten years before the next real opportunity arose. But I remember talking to Lisa and saying, I think I have the next thing. I mean, I, I, I think it's gonna, you know, like I think I wanna do this, you know. Was it electric cars? I remember were you, were you, were you mentoring Elon again? <laughs> yeah, that was right after, you know. I don't even want to say it on here. TVs. Some clip. Yeah, but um I remember her just going, Oh, oh no. Like <laughs> is this gonna like are we is all our money going to go into this? Like, is yeah. this going to be like, okay, cut back and all that? You know, I can remember kind of thinking that and I was like, yeah, it, it might yeah. actually, you know? Um, but she was always a trooper. Um, but uh, yeah, it, so I would say this, you know, for anybody thinking, you know, I've always wondered if I could be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or if I, you know, and I've had, I've, I've, had the pleasure of mentoring some young guys that just say, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. Mm. I want to work for myself. I want to have that freedom in life. How do I do it? Mm. I was like, well, that's not, you know. Well, you send $523 yes. to me yeah, for yeah, this program. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's that's a four installments. Idea, four yeah. installments. Yeah. 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 Like, you, bro, I'll market and for you. you. And <laughs> could be just like me. Me too could be an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. But there isn't a there isn't a simple recipe to it. Yeah, you know, I think one of the the biggest similarities I've found that I've seen in entrepreneurs is risk. Mm-hmm. Your risk factor, if that's a you know, like mm-hmm. how much really are you willing to risk your money or other things? How tight are you holding on to to the things that you have? And you know, that's that's got that's got to be high up on everybody you know that's really you know done well in entrepreneurship of any kind is they're they're willing to risk Mm -hmm. have a high level high level of risk in in what they're about to start would you would you connect risk with faith and do you do you see those similarly or when you think about your entrepreneurial ability Mm -hmm. and your the spiritual side of of you are those similar to you a hundred percent you know um you know, obviously being a Christian, it's always been woven into what I'm doing. Prayer was definitely a part of every business I've started, you know, like, Lord, is am I hearing you or is this me? Am I just excited about this right. or is this actually, you know, you speaking here? Yeah. And so I've always brought it before my wife. I've always talked to other people about it and, and you know, gotten that confirmation that this is of the Lord and and to go for it Mm. you know um the the kind of last big thing i did i remember we were on our way to church lisa and i kids at this point you know and i had gotten this idea within that day Mm. and it just like really struck me like yes 
yes, yes, yes. This is this is something I should do. And I remember thinking about it, driving to church. I remember being in worship at church, and I was having this dialogue with God. I'm sorry that I'm not focusing on worship mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I, I really remember having that because, like, I'm thinking about this thing, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, later after that service, um, I think it was a week or so later, someone had talked to Lisa and said, you know, I saw your husband. I'd never met him before. But she saw a light bulb mm. over my head. Wow. She's like, I just saw something like he, like, excited. And I was like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> Are you like, but that, I was already convinced that it was, I was going forward with it, but it helped Lisa uh-huh. to be like, okay. Yeah. That was confirmation that, that we moved forward. Wow. And so hundred percent, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're not praying about it and just going for it, you know, that's. Even more of a risk, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, Brett, you come in into my life, into our family. Uh, like a storm. Daughter, <laughs> Lindsay, pulling, pulling into the driveway from college, and you pull in right behind her. And I'm going, who's this guy? He's blocking the driveway here. And why is he driving so fast? <laughs> and and uh, you've been helping Lisa or Lindsay with her computer, uh, that I was unaware of, <laughs> and uh, you helped unload the car, and all of a sudden you're in our life. And then uh, first first impression I I got was uh, you made an appointment to come and see me in my office, and this was a couple of days after unloading the car, and you said, "Yeah, I'd I'd, um, I'd like permission to date your daughter." And I thought, well. Does my daughter know you're here? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Is she giving her permission? Yeah. And you uh, said, yeah. I mean, yes, she's, she knows. And I said, okay, well, let me talk to her. But I want you to go slow because she's just coming uh, back from college. And, you know, just, just take it slow. And at the time, I was impressed. Uh, you were... Uh, you had a, a business of your own. You, you started out of college, and you were uh, a contract player, but mm-hmm. committed to our church. Mm-hmm. And you were playing bass on the on the weekend. And I thought to myself, well, "Okay, I need to you need to check <laughs> was, this out a little." Was bit. it a, was it a red flag that he was playing bass? Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, did, or did you? I liked the fact that he was playing bass. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, but it was just I, a four-string bass, and that was not, not yeah. as impressive as yeah. five no, I was playing yeah, five. Oh, you were playing yeah. five? Oh, well, I, don't, okay. I don't touch okay. a four-string. No. <laughs> okay, so yeah. let, with that much intro, take it from there. How did how'd yeah. you feel coming? <clears throat> yeah, I was a little bit overwhelming uh, to go you know, meet with the head honcho of the place that I was <laughs> just you know, playing bass for and uh, serving. But, um, but yeah, it was – and I remember you saying, it's great, just – uh, just do me one favor and take things slow. And I think I maybe set an appointment maybe four weeks later and said, hey, we need to meet again. Because uh, I know you said to take things slow, but I really am not sure how to do that because I want to honor that, but I really feel like I'm going to marry your daughter. So uh, what would you uh, have me do here? <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so that was, 
That was a little. Uh, and that was slow because you wanted to have that meeting in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So, for sure. So, twice yeah. as long. So I felt like I met it. Yeah, you met the slope. Yeah. Um, but it was so. Then you said, "Well, okay, um, let's talk about what you know. Let's talk about a courtship. Yep. And what does that look like? And um, and so then we began meeting together. Um, probably maybe once a month or so at McDonald's, Mickey mm-hmm. D's over yeah. a Diet Coke yeah, back when you used to drink them. Yes. Um, and you know, I remember, uh, I'd never had anyone so intentional with, um, wanting to pour into me. So, you know, like, um, we would show up and you'd say, do you have anything you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, if, if, if you do, it's great. You have any questions you want to ask? If not, uh, I got, you know, some agenda items, which come to find out that is a normal thing that you did with all your kids. <laughs> that's what I did to everyone. Well, yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, so I didn't know that, you know, at the time, but, you know, looking back on it, it's cool that even from the beginning, you treated me like a potential son, you know, one day. So, um, so yeah, I would just, you know, cherish those times and get, get to ask questions and get to, you know, a lot of some of the stuff you've written in your books, you know, pouring into me and, um, just thought about things. I'd never, never, I'd never really thought about things like that, uh, that way, like budgeting your time, like, you know, your, your money, you know, just setting a budget for your time because it's a limited resource. And, um, and so, yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome as a whirlwind. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I knew I wanted to marry her from, pretty much our first date. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went maybe a month later and bought a ring. I think, let's do this. And uh, <laughs> then uh, come to find out I had to sit on it for about a couple of years, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah. To you, I, I want to say, though, yeah. that to your credit, you both you and Lindsay were committed to following a process that enabled Jan and I mm. to really yeah. throw our full support behind uh, the two of you, we. Yeah. Uh, I think your parents wondered, "We got a great son. What's mm. what's your problem?" And it wasn't really a, about you mm. so much to us. It was about making sure that Lindsay was in a place that she was making a right decision. Yeah, and you were patient and respectful, and I I really appreciate that. I I remember when you early on when you were dating, I was praying about you one day, and. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's in the first month or two. And uh, I felt like the Lord said to me, Brett is unconventional. And when I, when I got that word unconventional, I realized Lindsay's unconventional. You know, compared mm-hmm. to any of mm-hmm. my other kids, mm-hmm. she wasn't like any of the others. She was unconventional. <laughs> and then the Lord said... We use different I'm, words. Unconventional, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a good word. And I'm going yeah. to use them in unconventional ways to reach their generation. Mm-hmm. And so I just held on to that. I told Jan, I really feel like this is what I got today. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that weekend uh, in church, I saw your dad. And, you know, I greeted him and said, hey, you know, how are you, Bruce? And he said, well, what do you think of these kids? Isn't that amazing? You know? <laughs> and uh, he, uh, I said, yeah, it really is. And your dad said, that Brett, he's just unconventional. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that's right. I did hear that about mm-hmm. him. <laughs> I heard it from the Lord. <laughs> yes. And it just confirmed something in me. Uh, I saw in you in those two years the character that uh, and the the passion that you had for the Lord mm-hmm. and for my daughter and for our family and 
it really made it easy to fly embrace you. And even had kids unconventionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Three at wow. a time. Yeah, yeah. three, yes. That is unconventional. <laughs> Uh, I, I have a question because I, I, I think an important part of the story because today, you know, you're like a you're a technology digital strategist is kind of how I would kind of describe you. And, and, you know, obviously worked with you a long time at the church mm-hmm. and now you're in kind of a new media venture mm-hmm. and doing that. But you, you've got an entrepreneurial spirit and you started mm-hmm. when, in fact, when you entered into <laughs> this picture, mm-hmm. do you want to you want to tell everybody what you were what your business was at the time? Yeah, I was a snow cone mogul. You know, had a, <laughs> had a thriving snow cone snow empire. Cone. <laughs> so it was funny. I was thinking about uh, both of you guys, uh, Tyler and uh, Braxton, about what you said about you know out of college. I think that's probably the typical story. I'm not sure what right. we're gonna do, especially if you graduate with a business degree. It's like. And I graduated with a finance degree, which is a part of our business school. Um, and I just wanted to be an entrepreneur because. That's what my dad was. So I, yeah, how hard can that be? That's, that's what I'll just, yeah. I'll be that. Um, and so one day after we got graduated, I was up and went, so I went to school in Oklahoma and I was back up there visiting a friend and he goes, oh, this is a new snow cone stand that just popped up. Uh, we should, I wasn't here last, last summer. Let's try Or no, he, they said uh, this, the first summer that they were here was last year and they're back. Awesome. Let's go get a snow cone. So we did. And the guy was like chatty, the, the guy working it. He's like, man, this is, you know, I think my friend said, now this is your second year? He said, yeah, uh, man, this is awesome. Like I did the first year and like, you can make $50,000. I'm like, $50,000? Like, man, in the, in the summer, I'm like, that. let's do it. Uh-huh. And so it was kind of like one of those things where like, should we start a snow cone stand? Like mm-hmm. it was the guy that was with mm-hmm. me and was like, yeah, yeah, okay. So like within probably two weeks, I had bought a concession trailer and uh, um, got my dad to co-sign on a loan because I didn't have, you know, <laughs> like, how do I buy a concession trailer? But, hey, dad, can you help me? So I him to co-sign on the loan, started, you know, the LLC and started, and then got the snow cone uh, trailer. And then I'm like, well, now I got to find a place to park it. I guess I should have, you know, thought about that beforehand, but this is going to be awesome. There'll be plenty of places to park it. Then you run into, and I run into all the city ordinances like you can't park a trailer <laughs> wherever you want yeah, wherever you want and you i'm like insane what yeah, like that thought this guy had a trailer right. up in oklahoma and i was like well so maybe they were a little bit you know lighter on the ordinances than norman but like i was so i mean i was getting turned down by the cities and like that was a, that was a pain. finally found a place to park it and was up and running and i think it was maybe 4 weeks in get a knock on the snow cone door from the city and said uh, the permit you have is a temporary permit. Like you, you can't just set this thing up permanently. It's meant for like <laughs> the little uh, little trailers at Lowe's and Home Depot selling hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Like that's why that's what this permit's yeah, for. Yeah. I'm like, well, the, the people said I could. Anyway, so I had to pivot that into a, you know, found a place like a brick and mortar place I could rent just to get through the season, try to recoup investment, and then after that, ended up buying uh, a, a snow cone stand that had been around for like 20 years that I went to as a kid. Um, it was an old, old man that was wanting to retire and get out of it. And I ended up buying it and, um, ran that for about four years uh, or so with a staff. But that's really where, honestly, I learned a lot of the kind of the backbone of business, um, you know, just taxes and employees and mm-hmm. QuickBooks and mm-hmm. how to just manage yeah. the, you know, the inventory and all that stuff. They don't, maybe they teach it now in college, but when I went to business school, they didn't teach QuickBooks and, you know, any of that stuff about taxes. Um, uh, So kind of got to learn in a crash course in a small, safer, you know, lower risk environment, um, you know, about business. But I also never forget meeting with you. And I said, I think I'm going to marry your daughter. And you said, 
And you're going to provide for her on snow cones? <laughs> like, mm, good Tiger's point. blood. Good point. <laughs> good point. Good Have point. you ever had a tiger's blood? Yeah, but our coconut delicious. cream is so good. <laughs> it's no. going to take us uh, Yeah, so that's kind of when I... It was one in. of the first challenges I gave you that yeah. uh, you're going to need to find a career different than snow cones and playing bass yeah. uh, to be able to provide for my yeah. daughter. Well, um, and I was like, you know around all the time because i think when we started hanging out it was i had it my the snow cone stand was fully kind of staffed and so i was just like like he's like what what does this guy do like does he ever work and so i'm like yeah it's probably not a sustainable you know and yeah come to find out that was the genius of it all you were like yeah. onto something you, were, yeah. you had a the team working for it you yeah. were just like hanging out yeah but i wasn't making any work. money because it was all going to pay oh, okay, well, <laughs> so yeah, i might you know i had low living expenses uh, you yeah, know once so again, the single was, guy yeah, yeah that was oh, the point you could yeah, do that yeah. um and then and, you know, to dad's point of, are you going to be able to support a family? I'm like, let me carry the one. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I just remember when they started dating at first, Brett um, continues to this day, has always been uh, on the more stylish end, <laughs> certainly of me or um, – the males of my family, no offense to anybody else. A little, slightly offended. Well, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. offense to I understand. Truth can be offensive too. It's okay. Um, but I do remember like one of the first times I met him, he was wearing some jeans that had a design on the pocket, you know. It, I'm not going to say it was bedazzled, but it was, it was pretty close. And they were so cool back so then. So instantly my nickname for him to Lindsay, of course, was Fancy pants. I was like, oh, yeah, how's fancy pants? This is, of course, before I knew him. And then it was revealed that that was really just my jealousy that I I couldn't pull off. Yeah, he actually could pull that off. I remember uh, kind of uh, confiding in some of the men in the family of just wanting, uh, wondering, like, so is does does Jan hate all of the all uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, your, your uh, significant sometimes. others, or is it am I just the lucky one? <laughs> and and our advice was be her tech support. Yeah, and yes. she will love you. And he's, what, warm, he's warm, wormed his way right door into her heart. Now, 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 yeah, yeah. go to. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a connection sort of between you and Todd, in that um, his youngest daughter Evelyn. Seemed to worm her way into your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell that story? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah. So I I grew up. Uh, I, there wasn't a lot of kids in my family. So when I joined this family or starting started to join, be around this family, it was like a little bit of a of shocking <laughs> because there was just a lot <laughs> of human everywhere. beings everywhere. everywhere. And so I would find myself just quietly retreating to a back room that was quiet and just like get on my computer just to like. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, yourself, a little bit right? of introvert. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, and so had, you know, there was some adjustment getting used to. But one of those things was just all the kids. There was a lot of kids. And there wasn't, in my family, uh, it was just my sister and I. And there, we, weren't, we didn't have cousins around. And it wasn't, we didn't have kids, small kids around. So it was new. Uh, but yeah, Evelyn, uh, she was uh, super cute. She was, I think, probably the newest, yeah, maybe yeah, newest probably. baby kid at the time. Um, and there was one time we were hanging out. I think it was maybe for Easter. And she was maybe two-ish mm-hmm. and uh and so i i, I mean it was mad it's, you know always mass chaos during lane mm-hmm. you know events especially holidays mm-hmm. and i'll i see her kind of you know walking out around the corner by herself and she walks out into the, goes into the garage and so like I, no one really notices so i kind of walk over there and um you know kind of open the garage and just kind of watch her 
she walks out kind of just right outside the garage, right outside from under the garage and just is kind of standing there. I'm like, Hey, Evie <laughs> looks over. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I came outside to get the TT out of my body. <laughs> I go, <laughs> I, I go, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> and so they come out, she, you know, uh, Todd and Belinda come out and, you know, talking to her, what are you doing, Evie? And, you know, Mm-hmm. Tell you know, are you you need to go to the bathroom and you know so she comes walking you know they come walking back inside she passed she walks by me just gives me his glare and goes hey Fret <laughs> thanks a lot for telling on me <laughs> yeah. so, so for for, for on you've been known as Fret yeah, yeah so yeah. she to this day still calls me Fret <laughs> and she's seventeen yes mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah and and That's somehow awesome. she wormed her way mm-hmm. into your mm-hmm. heart I yeah. think. She became your favorite. You became her her mm-hmm. favorite. Yeah. No, no offense, guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a lot of favorites, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we have our youngest, Hunter, who is so much like Evie. Like, <laughs> so much. It's just hilarious. Their personalities are very similar. So a lot of times we find ourselves cracking up at Hunter and going, that's so, so something, an Evelyn, <laughs> an Evelyn thing. Yeah. yeah. You, you said something that I'm uh, kind of – you and Braxton both, but it, then it would apply for Tyler and I, our wives. And that is the idea of like joining a family, mm-hmm. you know, as an in-law mm-hmm. and, but embracing it as your family, you know, mm-hmm. you called him dad, mm-hmm. you know, you, you call him dad and, yeah. and it's not to take away from your own parents and, mm-hmm. but it's more of a reflection of a family dynamic. Yeah. And I think that's a, I don't know, something that I've been interested in having now added a son-in-law to my family Mm. um, and realizing that to create a family that I think many people want, you you have to embrace the idea of of not putting a bunch of hurdles and boundaries for you to join in the family. In Mm -hmm. other words, I told JD as he joined our family, and I think it's, I think I got it from you. I think you told these guys Mm -hmm. and certainly told our wives, but I told them, hey, as soon as in fact, at the at the wedding, at the reception, I said, you you now call me dad. I, mm-hmm. I would prefer that. And mm-hmm. he fully, I said, that doesn't take anything away from your parents and your family, but I said, it's more a reflection for me to you right. of how I see you joining mm-hmm. our family. And uh, I, I think there's something about creating a family atmosphere mm-hmm. that has allowed that to be where you guys are sons yeah. mm-hmm. to him and brothers to, to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to create that and, and allow the atmosphere to say, I see you. And this is what you would say. You said this to Belinda. I see you as a daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing else you have yeah. to do mm-hmm. to be that and say the same thing to you guys. So, Well, well I, I was thinking about um, that, uh, you know, so before, before, while we were just still dating and it was one of the times where we were meeting at McDonald's, I remember, uh, and it was in the season of, you know, is this ever going to happen? You know, you, uh, you know, we joked about Jan, but you know, uh, you, you and I met a lot and she was on her own journey of coming to, you know, getting a piece about this and the Lord speaking to her about me and all that. And so, um, and so I remember asking, like, you know, I just, or, or even saying, I can't, I, I can't picture, it's so hard for me to picture, um, that, there will be a day that, that I'm fully accepted into the family like that. It, I, I want that, but that's really, it's so far from that right now is what it feels. Um, and you said, even then, before we were engaged or anything, you said, if, if you um, are uh, the one for Lindsay, and if you end up joining our family, then you will be my son. You will be our son. You will, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I, myself and Jan 
we'll see you that way. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to take see? your word for it. Um, but like from, so before, and then, and then when we, I think it was maybe even on uh, our wedding day, maybe I think is when you said this similar thing or maybe, maybe the rehearsal dinner, but um you know, hey, I want you to call me dad if, you know, you feel comfortable. Like, I see you that way. Um, but from the very beginning, it, that was always the intention is that I'm going to see you as my son. Right. Uh, and, and just being intentional, communicating that made me go, oh, well, yeah, I, I don't know that I would have not thought it that way, but it mm-hmm. gave me permission to then fully embrace this family because I knew from the top, that's how you saw me, yeah. which was cool. Yeah, I remember you saying to JD, and it, it reminded me of this process. And I think it was at the rehearsal dinner, maybe you said, um, when when you and Olivia met, I told you you could call me Mr. Lane. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then when you got engaged, I said you could call me Todd. <laughs> and tonight, I say you can call me Dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, a, what a migration of relational dynamic that took place that is... Uh, brings real clarity, I think, mm-hmm. and an embracing into the family. And that's the way that I feel. I really do feel yeah. that you two are uh, every bit as much sons to me as my own biological sons. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love you very much and appreciate the way that you have um, treated my daughters. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks. So, Todd, now I'm back to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say <clears throat> when, um, when, when you graduated from college, I don't think ministry was ever at that point. You were like these guys, you know, what am I going to do? Where am I going to, where am I going to go? And uh, you went into a corporate job uh, and did well in corporate job, taking various roles. And so um, I remember, I remember in the process of this, I remember thinking um, when Belinda came on the scene, um, mom and I were, were taking evening walks <clears throat> and, um, we, I noticed something about something was different with, with you. Mm. And I said, uh, I, I said to mom, uh, you know, Todd's in love. And she said, no, <laughs> and I said, no, I, I think he's in love. In fact, I was I was awakened at like two in the morning, wide awake with him on my mind. And I think something significant has taken place. Goes, which, oh. which, by the way, never happens. You, you, you're <laughs> yeah, never you awoken no, at I, 2 a.m. So no, I'm, clearly when, that was When God. I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> For sure. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. But I was wide awake. Yeah. And she went. <laughs> so I said, well, I'm, I'm going to call him and find out. So you want to take it from there? <laughs> yeah. Well, you did, and, and you know, there's something about having a dad who's uh, really close with the Lord. Man, you you just can't get away with anything. You can't get anything past when the Lord reveals it's things. It's a blessing. It's a blessing, I think. No, this was a, a huge blessing. So he had called. Yeah, you called that day, and the night before, Blend and I were were together, and we were. It was kind of like the college experience. You're just, you know, there's no hours. You know, there's no you know, parameters on time and. We were together, and and uh, the where our relationship was at that point. Basically, that was the first time I told her I love her, and so that night mm-hmm. I told her I loved her, right around the time where you were awakened, <laughs> and uh, it was kind of just a very confirming thing, you know, one for the Lord to sort of 
put that on your heart to say mm-hmm. something significant has happened. I already knew. I mean, I, I won't go into the whole story, but I had loved her kind of from the first time I ever saw her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to this point, telling her that, uh, it was pretty good confirmation for you to call me and go, I felt like the Lord said something significant happened last night. So <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she and I moved quickly from I love you to being engaged and then yeah. uh, married kind of within, you know, about a year time frame. So, but yeah, it was like you guys, business degree, finance degree, mm-hmm. um, and yet didn't go into the financial sector at all mm-hmm. um, and followed the journey. But I, I had a little bit more clarity of what I wanted to do. I, I had said when I was a teenager, I want to be the president of a company. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care what company, I didn't care what <laughs> field, like I had, but I, that's what I want to do. So I went into a corporate job and, um, I, you know, I, it's not like I had set my sights on, you know, being the president of the company, but I certainly was in the climb the corporate ladder mentality. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, I would say now what I really, how I've labeled it is I was kind of a spiritual opportunist. If something opened up, Belinda and I, of course, we were married right at, out of college. So we were, building our lives together at that time. Mm -hmm. I was married, then got a job. And uh, any door that opened, um, we would pray about it. But kind of like you said, Braxton, was like, I I know I was praying all the time about it, but it was like if something opened up, it was a new – I stayed with the same company for seven years, but they opened up a lot of different doors and Mm -hmm. opportunities uh, to to move and to do new things. And so that allowed me to uh, experience a lot in that seven years. And then yet – uh, after the end of seven years, God had a very, very key moment mm-hmm. that uh, made it clear He had something else for me, and that was that moved me into ministry after that. And uh, I, I think you know when I think about kind of the common theme, you know, we we have the opportunity now of looking back, <laughs> you yeah. know, at our yeah. at our ages. You know, here we are, we're sons, but yet we've got all of our own children. We've got a, you know, you can look back in hindsight now. Yep. Um, and you realize how old you are when you realize how much hindsight you have. <laughs> uh, and you can see the sort of the common thread in all of our stories really is um, not totally knowing what God had next, but willing to take the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think the the thing that I sort of look in that is just the, it's the faithfulness of God. Yeah. That God isn't really calling us uh, to to do something. He wants us to be present with him and be in his will. And as we're in his right. will, he then takes us to the next thing. And I think about the, the car example you gave mm-hmm. Tyler, just we're moving and mm-hmm. he directs us as we move. And the, the story of Abraham stepping out, God calling him and the way that verse reads is God said, I want you to go to the land that I will show you. Mm-hmm. And you think about the progression of that statement. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, I want you to go to this land. Yeah. He said, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. It was a faith statement of you begin to move, yep. mm-hmm. and as you move, I will show you what's mm-hmm. next. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all look at our lives right now and go, in hindsight, I look back and go, I didn't have a clue mm-hmm. it would end up here mm-hmm. and that I would be doing this and it would look like this. But it was a progression of saying yes to the Lord and walking with him that got us to a place of going, yeah. man, I, we've, we've got to good family and mm-hmm. certainly not without its challenges and we all have our our trials and raising kids is hard and all of those things but God mm-hmm. is faithful mm-hmm. right. yeah. and he's faithful and when we say yes to him and we take steps with him he provides all that we need in each of those challenges mm-hmm. so true yeah so true well i i will say this that when i i i recognize each one of you are individuals and yet there's a common thread that i see among 
each of you, and that is there's a, a desire for excellence in everything that you do. I've noticed it in, in each of you, it's reflected. And then there's, a, there's an integrity to your life. Uh, for instance, Brett, I, I remember one of the things early on that impressed me. Uh, we had told Lindsay that she, she had just come back from college. You're just starting dating. Uh, Lindsay, we, we need you curfew. We're going to set a curfew. What? No, I, I don't need to. I'm, I'm too old for. Uh, well, you're back at our house now, so mm-hmm. we're going to set a curfew. Either I'm going to set it or you're going to set it. Uh, do you want to set it? She said, okay, uh, one o'clock. Okay, one o'clock. Well, Jan and I had said it's going to be midnight, but I, I fudged it an hour <laughs> because I gave her the choice. So, uh, well, the next night, uh, she and Brett are at the house and one o'clock just blows right by. Of course, I'm sound asleep. So uh, the next morning, mom says to me, uh, it, it, they, they, didn't, they didn't abide by the, the curfew at all. And I went, what? She, no, they, he was here, and I don't, I don't even know what time he left. But it was way out. Just, like just like her. Yeah, like, I love watching this. <laughs> and I said, okay, tonight, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. If, if they stay past one, you just wake me up. So, I mean, uh, the Lord didn't wake you up. No, <laughs> sure, he woke yeah, In this case, yeah. Yeah, well, his spirit was not disturbed. The Lord didn't care about this. <laughs> one. Lord didn't care about so, she comes in at like 103. He's still here. <laughs> this guy. And I said, What? I mean, the like, audacity. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I step out of the bedroom. And look into the family room. They're on the couch like this, and I'm I'm standing in a doorway where Lindsay, or at least uh, Lindsay, can see my eyes. And I went, just pointed my watch, went like this. She goes, <laughs> and I, I went back in the bedroom and I told uh, told mom, got it. Uh, no no <laughs> problem. It. She's, yep. it, it, he'll okay. be gone in in ten minutes. If he's not gone. Wake me up. So I'm right back to sleep. Mm-hmm. In 10 minutes, she goes, he's still here. He's still. It. I said, okay. okay. So uh, I had my uh, special sleeping morphing shorts on. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good yeah. story in itself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's a. Prepared and for a fire with, in the neighborhood. With a belt and everything. With a belt. Uh-huh. Tucked in, obviously. <laughs> Tucked in. <Yeah. laughs> Looking sharp. You never know when the house might burn down. No, so true. Sure. You, you don't want to be caught. Jokes on all those else. people. Anyway, so I walked out and, and pulled up a chair right behind the couch. And <laughs> Y'all continue. Yeah, and, and Lindsay goes, Dad, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm obviously this. there's something riveting that's mm-hmm. happening here because one o'clock was your curfew and Brett went, what? What? And I said, oh yeah. She agreed one o'clock would be the curfew and Brett said, Lindsay, you never told me that. Oh, threw her under the bus. And I said, like oh, oh, she didn't. And Brett looked at me and she said, he said, uh, I'll be gone in just a minute and I'm, I'm sorry. And so I just got up and went back into the bedroom and I said, it's taken care of. <laughs> and he left it for <laughs> and, 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 and he left and never violated that curfew again. Uh-huh. It's, it, it's that kind of integrity that it, it just, you know, it was a part of the process of 
endearing himself yeah. uh, in, into the family. But I see that in each one of you. There's an integrity uh, of, of things. You live your life according to principles, and your word is your bond. And, it, you know, uh, I, I believe those things. And so there's a mutuality of respect and connection that we have. Well, I think one of the things, like, if the, parties, the party in the house around the holidays is going on a little later... I see a real similarity between you and Braxton in that, <laughs> oh, you know, around 9, 9.30, uh, you know, there's something else calling your name. And, you know, they're probably going to to pray in secret so yeah, that others don't sure. see you yep. because yeah. you don't want anybody else to yeah. to. Uh, At least they don't that, French but. goodbye and just are gone. And never, yeah, never that's, gone. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Before we end, I want to ask just... I want to ask just a couple of questions because of my 15 grandchildren, I have eight girls and seven boys. So I'm going to start with the, oh, that's right. Yeah, Of my 16 grandchildren, I have eight boys and eight girls. And so Braxton, I want to start with you because you're, you're a father of all boys. Right. So what is it that you focus on as a dad of boys Mm-hmm. to develop your sons to be godly men, to be leaders, to to be potentially husbands that treat their wives right. What? And uh, Todd, you've got a son. Brett, uh, Brett, you've got a son. You got two sons, Tyler. So chime in here. What? What's the dynamic that you're you're concentrating on? I mean, I think the first thing that comes to me is just being intentional. Um, you know, I remember throughout the journey at different ages, even saying like within myself, am I doing enough? Am I doing, is there something I could be doing better, right? So I would evaluate myself and, um, you know, have I spent enough time? Am I pouring into this child as much as this child, you know, spreading it out equally, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so I would say the first thing I did was to analyze myself, put the mirror back on you, you know, Um, and really just being in tune with each kid because they're all so different. You know, I remember, um, you know, just back in the days when I put the boys to bed, you know, so that was in the very beginning, something that Lisa and I never had any issue on. I wanted to put the boys to bed and Although some nights it was really you know, early, oh man, so that I could get more sleep. Long day, all that kind of stuff. And Dad, it's still light outside. I don't care. Yeah, you're going to sleep. The grind of putting them to bed, right? Mm-hmm. But there are so many nuggets and times that I can mm-hmm. think of right now. And those times when you get them alone and quiet, even though they weren't quite ready mm-hmm. to yeah. go to bed most of the time that you could speak into them individually, ask them questions, get to know them down to their, to their core, you know, about what they liked, what they didn't like, what, you know, those type of things. And I remember every kid was so different, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, one would want a story every night, like every night. (laughs) One would be like, dad, I'm just ready to go to bed. (laughs) You know, great. Let's go. You pray and, Good night, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, all those different types of things. But in just the, you know, from every age, 
from birth on up, I just was intentional to pay attention to what I felt like each one of them needed mm-hmm. from me, from their mom, everybody, um, help in school, help with certain things. And every kid's been different. So I would say, um, you know, especially with all boys, you know, so I didn't have that one special daughter or whatever that was different. Mm -hmm. It was, it was equally in their own certain ways, giving them what they needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, although it wasn't, you know, I'm certain it wasn't always perfectly everything they needed, but I just remember thinking, what, Lord, just speak to me. If, I, if I'm if i not getting it, show me, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, make it evident that, wow, okay, I need to, I need to spend more time in, in one certain way or another. I, I was just going to say, I remember growing up, um, one of the things that really annoyed me was... Um, whether it was in school or, or whatever, um, that you're saying of you're either an influence or you're being influenced. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not what annoyed me. Right? <laughs> um, that was great. <laughs> it was. However, when it came to like the practical implication of that, where it was, hey, Tyler, how are you behaving? How are you influencing other people? And um, you're held to a higher standard, <laughs> which was the statement that annoyed me. Um, because that's fun if you're like, yeah, I'm at a higher standard and mm. you feel better than everybody else. But when you're, everything you're doing is being scrutinized mm. and it doesn't matter if it seems like a, a very small thing, you're talking too much, you know, you're <laughs> being too loud, you're speed walking when you should be regular walking, whatever it is. Um <laughs> You know, like, hey, this is not wrong. You know, this is not bad. It's like, yeah, no, it's it's not that that's absolutely bad in itself, but you're held to a different standard. And so it's it's not the same thing. And um, I'm sure y'all do this more perfectly than I do, but that is still what I tried to reinforce to my boys today. That they have, you know, great friends. Uh, some are better influences than others. Mm-hmm. And um, my statement to my boys is always that the expectation for you is different than my expectation of your friends. And so it's not going to be fair sometimes, mm. you know, honestly, the way that I view what you do and how you influence other people. And um, I, I think that there's value in that, even though it's not, it, it's not easy. And, yeah. and sometimes like it was for me when I was younger, that's annoying. Yeah. It's hard to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about, um, Braxton, you were talking about being intentional and, and there's, this is a, probably a similar word to that, but I think what I, what I've tried to do, and I wouldn't put this just on Harrison, but this would be on my daughter, Olivia and Evelyn too, the three of my kids is to, is just the presence, being present, being a present dad. I think yeah. you were, you've yeah. been a very present very. dad for your, yeah. all, all of you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's something about dad being present and right. what I've experienced is that requires a lot of sacrifice, mm-hmm. things that you don't do. Mm-hmm. Tyler, you and I were talking about just the other day of like, I remember cause you were saying this about yourself and trying to find something, but, uh, I remember definitely long seasons where people were like, so what's your hobby? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I got no hobby. <laughs> like I got three kids I, and my hobby what. is whatever they're doing. <laughs> right. And I mean, I always felt bad about that cause like I, I probably need a hobby, but there was a point at which I realized I've actually chosen not to have a hobby because that would pull me away and I want to be more present Mm -hmm. for my kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, my intention in that has been, 
I want to capture their hearts. Mm-hmm. I saw a quote the other day that I was like, that, that's what I, that describes what I hope to have mm-hmm. created my kids. And there's, there was two statements. And the first statement was, uh, you know, kind of relating to your father, something bad has happened. I don't want to tell dad. Mm-hmm. That's the first statement. Mm-hmm. The second statement is something bad has happened. I need to tell my dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. And that's the one that right. I'm like, it, you when you're present in their lives, yep. you've, you've worked to capture their hearts. What you're trying to communicate to them is whatever goes on in your life, mm-hmm. I want you to know when it's happened, you can come to dad. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's what I've hoped to, to create in my mm-hmm. kids. That's really good. Yeah. And the there's not really um, a disparage disparagement between those two statements you know if if you're present with them they don't want to disappoint you right mm-hmm. so if they've messed up they don't want to tell you mm-hmm. uh, but if you've been present and loving on them then the thing that that is there is but i gotta tell my dad mm-hmm. i mean who would i tell if i didn't right. tell him right yeah so henry. yeah yeah for henry i so it, it kind of goes with all of our kids too like you said um but i think with him especially he's a sensitive uh, sensitive boy. He's awesome. He's all boy, loves sports, um, but he's super sensitive and in tune. Um, so for him, we've just been trying to teach him how to hear the Holy Spirit, how to hear the Lord. Um, because there's, there's only so much that we're, we can do. And, but if we can uh, pour into him to actually hear for himself, the voice of the Lord, and then help him steward that and guide it and help him, you know, hone that in, um, that's going to go a lot further than, you know, all the, all the things that we could teach, you know, directly. And so I think for him, especially because he is so sensitive and he wants to, he wants to hear the Lord and he wants to try to exercise that gift to be able to pour into him in that way. It's been, it's been pretty cool to see him respond and see him and see the Lord speak to him yep. and see him hear the Lord accurately and then help him understand those things. Um, also being able to in in the moment when challenges happen and disappointments happen, taking the time to be intentional and talk through those things and relate it to like spiritual principles and just being able to go, hey, buddy, I know I'm sorry that that you, the tryout didn't turn out the way you mm-hmm. wanted it, but that things are going to happen like that. Mm-hmm. There's disappointment and that's okay. It doesn't mean we give up. Mm-hmm. It means uh, that we're going to try again next year and we're going to, and and then, and what's cool, uh, even in the specific situation I'm thinking of is he did another tryout for a baseball team a few weeks later and a coach walked up to me and said, Hey, is that your boy? I said, yeah. I said he was at, he was at the first tryout, right? Yeah. Yeah. I said, he's, he's something, he's got something on him. Like he has a raw natural talent and ability. Um, can I have your number? And so I was able to talk to, you know, Henry about that to say, uh, listen, the Lord, you know, the, he sees you and, and, and he sees your hard work. He sees, he see, you are seen first and foremost. This is the Lord's way of seeing you. Secondly, just because the first thing didn't try out or didn't um, pan out the way we all wanted it to and thought it was going to, you never know what God's doing on the back end. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able to proactively and, and um, constantly speak, you know, values and speak the Lord, you know, just tr- biblical truths and principles, you know, in everyday moments and like funny that. funny how that can also apply in your life. Yeah. Exactly. And my life. Yeah. Like, hey, like, I am many times I have now, like been still. giving my sons great advice, <laughs> like yeah. awesome advice. Spot on. Yeah. And I've been thinking, wow, this is actually good advice for me too. Yeah. I'm like, thanks for the reminder, Lord. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Todd, so you're new into the son-in-law business. 
Yeah. And business is good. Yeah, business is good. You got a good one. That's I got a good sure. one, yes. So in in the, what, uh, six, six months, months mm-hmm. uh, any any pearls of wisdom you want to share that you've learned? How do you, how, What's different about a son-in-law versus a son? Uh, I, maybe I'm too soon to find that out, or maybe I just uh, have been really blessed with a great son-in-law, <laughs> and uh, we. This is our our first. You know, we haven't get, gotten through the Christmas season. This is our first Christmas uh, to have him as part of the family, and it was uh, everything I had hoped and prayed for. And going back to the statement I was making before about just creating the atmosphere to go, hey, you're now a part of our family. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you've disconnected from the family you came from, but we're we've added you to our family, and and you know that being able to be something that I could communicate, but he reflected something back to me that just blessed us, and that was, you know, him hearing that he said, I I, I want that, so it's I could desire that, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't embrace it as well, mm-hmm. then it, it breaks down. I mean, he's yeah. got to want to join mm-hmm. into the family as well, and and um, so. So thankful, Blend and I are so thankful that that's the attitude he has, and yeah. he comes from a fantastic family. Mm-hmm. So we're equally joyful that Olivia gets to join his family. Yeah, there's no subtraction in this; it's only addition all around. And um, and he's really just, uh, you know, what you hope when our, your family join. That's why the whole idea of being equally yoked mm-hmm. is so, man, so critical because you are you're joining families. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, recognize there's a lot of different ways that could go. And I think in terms of how fun some families have experienced it and so forth, and I think you are expressing something, even your story of Brett, and you have that story, a story like that for each of us of your yeah. intentionality and <laughs> in parenting. Mm-hmm. And that didn't, that didn't go away when we turned 18. Mm-hmm. You didn't go, well, you're an adult now. Off you go. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck. You know, no, you were parenting into the point at which, like, hey, now you've got a spouse. Okay, now your family begins. But until until then, you're in my family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you changed how you parent. You didn't parent like we were 12 years old, but you you were you were involved and active. And I tried to embrace that same thing. Um, and and in doing so, I, I think what it created, what I'm hopeful, <laughs> what it's created in my kids is a desire to to have that, to be connected to our family, and to seek out a spouse as yep. Olivia did with JD, who would want that as well. And so um, I, I don't think I've got any magical trick uh, in, in a part of that. I'm just very blessed and, and very thankful. Um, and, and, and seeing it as he has come into our family and added value. Yeah. He's, he has made our family better. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, so thankful for that. Well, I think you're off to a good start. I think mm-hmm. you're doing a good job okay. at this point. Thank you, Lord. Okay. So Brett, <clears throat> you've got four daughters. Yeah. Uh, m- what have you learned mm-hmm. about parenting girls that's different from boys? What, do, as a dad, what do you what do you need to do? Oh man, um, a lot more uh, patience uh, <laughs> and a soft kindness words, not kind words. Uh, you know, I yeah, we we had I first was a girl, and then two of the triplets, and then the youngest, and they're all very very different. And and, and to Braxton's point, with boys, they're they all need different things and um, some, you know, one or two very independent and others not. And so just, yeah, just being in, trying to be intentional about what, what their needs are. Um, 
you know, I, I had this idea that I was scared to have a boy because I thought, okay, a boy, um, I think all the pressure is on me to like screw that. I, I could screw that up. And I, and I think as I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. learning yeah. and Still realizing true. that probably there's more pressure on me for the girls, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, uh, and that's, that's sobering having four of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so I don't, you know, I don't always get it right. I, you know, uh, I, Lindsay tells me that she's never once heard you uh, raise your voice. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, and have to go back and apologize, you know, to the girls, mostly for my tone, mm-hmm. um, you know, learning that that's, you know, they pick up on the tone really more mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. what yeah. is being said. Yeah. Um, Cause they don't want to disappoint um, me or us. And, and so they, they crushes them to think that we are disappointed with them. And so um, these are these are things that I'm, you know, actively yeah. learning and yeah. realizing that um, I, I, you know, I wasn't as aware of all of these things until really kind of joining this family and and seeing being behind and seeing you guys parent and seeing your kids and how you know Lindsay had 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 the the uh, ability to watch her. Our nieces and nephews grow up and you guys parent them. And so she's like, Hey, why don't you, what's going on? Like, why don't you just <laughs> act like them? I'm like, I, I don't, don't know what I'm doing. Uh, so I would like to think I'm getting better every year, but, uh, but you know, I'm trying my best to be sensitive to the girls. You're raising great girls for sure. Thanks. They are uh, a good reflection of their mom. So Tyler, you got two teenage girls. I do. So I'm <laughs> soliciting prayers um, <laughs> constantly. No, same thing. And, you know, my girls are twins. And um, this is like one of those nature versus nurture situations, mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. for the girls and the boys. And that we get to observe that these are just two unique yeah. individuals. They've had the same bedtime, <laughs> same meals, <laughs> same conversations. They're just different people. <laughs> and I love that. Um, and we've always intended to be um, intentional about treating them as individuals, even though we refer to them as the girls or the boys or whatever. Um, Amelia and Caroline are, are individuals and they have unique gifts and unique ways they think. And um, the interesting thing that I think you modeled really well, Dad, is um, kind of adapting the way that you communicated to each of us as kids and uh, in-laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our personality. I mean, you still have the same structure, but you know, you kind of knew how to speak to different things that you saw in, in how we relate and how we communicate. And that's been, continues to be a learning process mm-hmm. for me in, in knowing that the way that I speak to one of my girls is not going to be received the same way that I speak mm-hmm. to the other. And that's okay. And I need to be mindful when I'm communicating with them and and continuing to, of course, pray that as you're in, entering these consequential years in uh, middle school is like a joy for everyone, uh, <laughs> I recall, totally. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like not awkward at all, um, that, you know, that we would, um, that we would progress through these years in a, in a prayerful way that's supportive, that allows them to come through it, um, not the way that I came through it, but without... Um, extraordinary baggage of those years, right. which is which is um, you know my great hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I've, what uh, I think one of the key things, whether it's in the 
middle school years or before is that home is a a place of refuge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a safe place, and and the kids go out whether it's school, the things they're involved in, and that the the home can be a place where we we found this out with our kids is sometimes we would get the they could come home and just kind of mm-hmm. because they were having to be something, you know, strong and tough out in the world mm-hmm. and then come home. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you have a choice as a parent to get offended by that or be like, you know, I'm getting all this attitude or da da da. When in reality, what you got is them being able to let their hair down or mm-hmm. just be right. maybe the safety. Yeah. The yeah. safety, there's stuff that maybe was pent up that mm-hmm. they were, they were trying to be all the things out here, but at home, they could be this, and mm-hmm. and if we as parents don't overreact to that sometimes and let it be safe, that's good. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. requires yeah. grace, mm-hmm. and yep. live in that place where you're you're. And I think the tension of parent is constantly like, hey, what needed discipline, mm-hmm. and what need and, and correction, and what needs me to just be a, a a shoulder to cry on or let them vent, and always holding that in intention is really, I mean, that's that's a tough. You know, we, I, I know I didn't always get it right. <laughs> some mm-hmm. a place where I th- maybe thought, you know, required some discipline. You know, I, I <laughs> really needed some grace. <laughs> I think that's the source of Lindsay and I's most uh, most of our arguments. <laughs> pro- we, we might have hit probably yeah. on the parent yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> argument between a couple. Uh, but but always, Blynn and I really wanting, you know, coming down at the at the base of it was, is this a safe place? And I think those middle school years are where you begin to kind of feel it the most is like, right. are they able to uh, come home and know mm-hmm. that home is just a place where I can just be myself and it's safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So married daughter now, uh, it, that changes everything. Really? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you've got this other guy that you're glad that is there, but it, it changes the, the dynamic of your relationship with your daughter. So mm-hmm. uh, speak to that just a minute. How, what, what have you had to navigate in that change? Yeah, I, I think Blen and I have, have had to try to figure out how, how um, do we really fully let go? I mean, they're a family. It's mm-hmm. their, they, there's decisions they're making for themselves. And so we try to respect that. Uh, even today, though, I had a conversation with JD. I was like, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about your family values. And I want to talk about our family values. We really haven't talked about that, but but and I don't want to just presume these on you and, and your family. But you know, and I know you come from a family who has values, and you you've lived those out. And so, how do we join those together? So, beginning that kind of conversation to go, you're your own family, and yet you're also joining our family. And there's a there's a bigger family, and there's values that are, have made the culture of our family. And so, how do we have those kind of conversations? So, respecting that. Uh, in in that way for their family, but there's there's something that I always watched you do and continue to watch you do with your daughters who are now <coughs> some age old, almost elder. And so as I watch my daughters who are now 23 and 17, and they're not you know six and seven where it's like oh great come hop on daddy's lap and, mm-hmm. and so I, I've seen an awkwardness that can happen in dads with daughters as their daughters get older and they're like. Oh, she's a woman now. You know, do I still kind of hold her and hug her? And uh, what do mm-hmm. I do? And I watch you just always hug Lisa and Lindsay just like they were your little girls. You know, and yeah. <laughs> we had this this yesterday. This happened where Evelyn, who's seventeen, comes over and and she was sitting on my lap, and I was just hugging her. And I said, "Hey," and Lindsay was doing. So I said, "Hey, will will you will you do this with Dad, even when you're Lindsay's age?" And she said, "Well." 
And she said, as long as I see Lindsay do that with Papa, <laughs> then, then I will. And I said, Lindsay... <laughs> and Lindsay came over and cuddled on your lap and you held her and I said boom proof right here we yeah, got it yeah, you will do nice. this when you're <laughs> X years old uh, and, and just you know the the affection the the love and not being oh this got mm -hmm. awkward and, and now she's married she's got another she's got a husband no I still come up I told her today I gave her a big hug and there's now Olivia and I said you know I'm watching you you're such a great wife yeah. and I'm watching you be a great wife and I'm hugging her and loving on her and so um i don't know we're, we're just we're trying to do our best <laughs> and and just trying to lead with with love i think there's nothing more important no matter how old you are uh, than a an affirming word from a dad mm -hmm. absolutely you know i i remember my dad telling me when i when i had four kids and he would tell me that he loved me and give me a a, a hug and a kiss on the cheek it still meant something to me. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I try and, and yeah. model for mm -hmm. each of you. So I want to say as we sort of end this time together, I want to sum this up with a word, uh, just a, a phrase, uh, maybe that would apply to everything we've talked about today, whether you're a leader in business or you're leading in your home and your family. Uh, with God, the journey is the destination. It, you see, everything we've talked about today is God's in the middle of the journey with us, and he's in the middle of the journey with you. And so if you'll see it that way, then you don't have to be anxious or frustrated or irritated because of the situation you're in. God's there with you in it, and he's going to bring you through it, and he wants to do that. And so God, with God, the journey is the destination. And let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for our friends today. Thank you for this time that we've shared uh, as men in the Lane family. Lord, thank you uh, for our family, for our, our children, for our wives, and for your work in our lives. And I pray that every person who views this video would be encouraged, that encouraged and challenged that they can, they can replicate these things by simply looking to you inviting you into their life and trusting you, uh, even in difficult situations. I pray your blessing over everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you next Amen. time.